This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Berto Willis, your host. We are not going to let a thunderstorm stop us. As long as we have a little bit of electricity, we can do it. And you know what? We just ran out. Uh, I mean, we just went through one of uh, a set of lightning that I have not seen in a while. It, the power just kept going up and down, up and down. So look, I don't have the blog ready for today. But you know what? We're still going to have a show. We're going to get busy. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Julie Van Astel, welcome aboard. I hope to get more folks coming in, but I need to go ahead and, and get a few things queued up here. But folks, we are going through a storm like, uh, looked at the radar. It's damn powerful. You're right. Um, the, the, it just went over here. It started to rain all over. Some water started to come in as well. But I said, you know what? We've got to get busy. We've got to get the program going. Let me go ahead and cue a few other things up. Anyhow, what's up, folks? Tell me what's up. You know, we, we have the books that we... The first winner of the book is goes without saying. Bridge MCP gets the first book. I don't know if Tom uh, Tom's Charlie is here. Tom C. I don't know if Tom C. is here. But Tom C. Uh, Bridge MCP is the recipient of your generous contribution for a book. So she will get our new book. I just ordered the, the first group of books, a whole bunch of copies that should be coming here anytime soon. But let's go ahead and make sure all this stuff is queued up. You are first. Yes, you are first. Of course you are first. Uh, you've been with us for how long again, Bridge? Come on. Now, you are the founder of, uh, of the PDR Posse, all of that. Of course, I thought maybe you were on vacation. No, not vacay, not vacay, not vacay. I wish I could be on vacation. No, the reason we're late is that thunderstorm. So we came in at about 3.15. So I think we'll have to go to about 4.15. I hope more people come in because, you know, people probably came at 5 o'clock and say, I mean, at 3 o'clock and said, meaning 3 Central, and said, where the hell is Egberto? What happened to the show? Well, Again, folks, for you that are just coming in, I'm seeing you coming in on uh, on these different networks right now. Let me just tell you, we had a crazy, crazy beginning. Bruce Pollard, howdy, howdy, howdy. Hey, Bruce, if you go to Amazon and look at the copy of um, of uh, How to Make America Utopia, you will now see that our great Bruce Pollard is now listed on Amazon as the editor of... How to Make America Utopia. Can you believe I just forgot the name of my book? I just forgot the name of my my book. But it's okay. I did get a notification, so hopefully some did as well. And I think I think we are send let me see if we sent out our you know, every time the show goes live, we automatically send out an email to make sure that people know that the show is live. Let's see if it went out or not. Uh yeah, I think the show went out live. I think we got it out there. So Anyhow, folks, let's go ahead and get to the crust of it. Uh, what's going on? What do you think is happening right now? Israel. 
I would like to hear your thoughts on what's going on in Israel right now. Please, folks, I want to hear your thoughts. Write it down and tell me what, how should we cover Israel. I am still of two minds on how we actually cover that. Uh, let me see, how am I going to cover that? And I'm very careful in covering that because you have to, you have to make sure that as you cover what's going on in Israel... That first of all, you don't you, you you come from the point of view in understanding what Jews as a people of that particular religion have gone through, as well as what their leadership is putting through on many Palestinians, and the idea that somehow uh, the reciprocity of rockets being fired into Israel is tantamount to blowing up several high-rise buildings, I think it is, actually, I think it's a war crime. I think it is genocide. Yes, uh, Julie Van Azel said genocide, if you ask me. And I want to make it clear. And let me let me tell you why... Uh, um, People are tired of being careful the way they talk about uh, the Jewish people of the Jewish uh, descent. And that is because we are cognizant of what they went through with the Holocaust, etc. And the, and the fear that that puts in one's mind. Uh, so that, that is why we, we, we have that sort of a, that sort of a sensitivity. Um, I wish more people would have that sensitivity towards other races that have gone through a whole lot. The Japanese internment, black slavery, all that sort of Chinese Chinese abuse during the Pacific Railroad. There are a whole lot of people that went through these things that don't get that. But anyhow, going back to the Palestinian issues, I, I'll tell you one thing. Um, it, it is sad because Palestinian business people and Jewish business people, they get along just fine. They get along just fine. And it is always something within uh, the leadership that creates the problem. So I want, I, I want to, I, I'm, I'm reading what you're saying. I mean, Julie Van Azel says, I don't think it has anything to do with faith. It's power, plain, power, plain and simple. You're absolutely right. Uh, AVQ says he's watching from away. Yeah, AV, we were late today because of the storm. Bruce says, guess what class is running the country, but who will bear the guilt? Bruce, I think you hit it on the money because that is exactly what's going to happen. Uh, let's see. Linda Joe Kessinger says, hey, people, welcome aboard. We're late because of a thunderstorm that knocked out our electricity. Uh, so I, I ask you all to forgive me. So let me salute everybody that's here so far. We've got Breach MCP, Julie Van Astel, uh, Julie Van Astel. We've also have Bruce Pollard. Uh, we also have, uh, let's see, Joseph Murphy, welcome aboard. AVQ, uh, let's see, Linda Joe Gessinger. Thank you guys for hanging out there and sticking around, waiting for us to get. Joseph Murphy says, the unfortunately storied past of Judaism and violence discrimination. Tom C., just received PDR link. Hope Egberto's two free books were distributed. Okay, you came in late, brother. The first recipient of your book is Bridge MCP. Bridge gave a, a, a passionate story as to why she must have the book. And the book is hers. 
the other uh, the other one is up for grabs uh, between three people. I haven't picked it out of the bottle yet. And yes, I, I was subjective with Bridge MCP. I'll be frank with you. I was very subjective with Bridge MCP because she is a stalwart at uh, politics done right as as she keeps the PDR posse going as she designed the cups, all that good stuff. So yes, I was partial. I always admit the things that I do. Okay, let's go to the first video. I didn't get a chance to prepare the blog, but let's go to the first video. This one has to do with Marjorie Taylor. Marjorie Taylor met her virtual match on Saturday. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. This is why I love Tiffany Cross. This is why I think bringing this kind of diversity to TV is so good. It gives you that kind of a sass that's needed in this time. Gives you a little chuckle with a whole lot of reality. Well, you know what Tiffany did this weekend? Tiffany really got into Marjorie Taylor's virtual face. Marjorie Taylor, or Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's virtual face. I want you to listen to this and then let's take it on the other side. Marjorie Taylor Greene really wants to be a star. Like, really bad. So bad, she's actually stalking an actual legislative star, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, like she's Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. What's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest doing now? Traveling the country with Florida man Matt Gates, who's under investigation for suspected sex trafficking, but he's denied any wrongdoing. They call their tour the American First Tour. Right, more like the American Thirst Tour. I don't even know how to describe Green's demented and delusional behavior any better than this. This is a woman that's deeply unwell and clearly needs some help. I, and her kind of fixation has lasted for several years now. That's a nice way of asking in her Mariah Carey voice, why are you so obsessed with me? But aside from being clearly mentally unstable, there's also the blatant hypocrisy. You may recall Green's opposition to the stimulus funding, but that sure didn't stop her family's company from receiving a six-figure PPP loan worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in 2020. Interesting timing considering that the mentally unstable stalker, then candidate for Congress, had donated $450,000 to her own campaign about two months after that very PPP loan. Oh yeah, that's right. Your girl is out here claiming to be the voice for the working class, but she's actually quite wealthy. And guess what? She is the face of the Republican Party. This woman is a member of Congress and people voted for her. She is friendly with people who were on the Capitol the day of the violent insurrection and what she lacks in intellect, she more than makes up for in being a provocateur. So good job, GOP. But honestly, I'm really concerned for her. So I just want to take the opportunity to offer some sound advice. Congresswoman, invading the personal space of people and harassing them is incredibly out of pocket, but more importantly, it's risky. I know you so desperately want to be a star, but these crazy efforts of yours may end up landing you on world star if someone says you picked the right one trust me you picked the wrong one you claim to be a christian so fellow believers may spread the gospel your way by offering this ancient text from the book of don't do it try jesus try legislating but don't try me and listen, on a serious note, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and thanks to Obamacare, there are numerous resources for you to get some help. And for sake of our democracy, I truly hope you do. Until then, try actually earning your taxpayer-funded paycheck by working, not by being a constant thirst trap for the MAGA crowd. 
What a classic take down. But you know what is best about it? That she proves something that we constantly say about these right wingers the constancy of their projection. That she's on the government dole is one thing, that she's just not doing anything for being on the government dole is another thing, that she is lying, it's another thing. And we can go over and over and over again that she's hanging with Gates, who is a uh, who is an alleged child, uh, what is it, child, exporting children over lines, messing with younger kids. And by the way, wasn't it the... Republicans who were trying to say Hillary Clinton had some sort of a cabal of that nature, but it's them. So it's amazing. With that one little takedown, how much, how much she actually covered. Tiffany did it perfectly right. And if you actually want to see what it is that, uh, if you want to see what it is that these folks actually went for, right? Check this out, because this is what she actually did. I want to remind you of the type of people that we now have inside of our, oops, wrong, wrong button here. The type of people that we have, in, that are, these, these right wing, and I'm not talking about my white wing, right wing friends now, I'm talking about the fringe element that they are sending. This is a this is a congressperson. I want you to check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. But just check this out. You want to talk to Crazy Ocasio? You come to this little thing, and you open it up, and you whisper confession into her. Session. This is confession. <laughs> This is, this is Ocasio confession right there. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I'm an American citizen. I pay your salary through the taxes that you collect from me through the IRS because I'm a tax-paying citizen of the United States. I'm a woman, I'm a female business owner, and I'm proud to be an American woman. And I do not support your socialist policies, and I do not support your murderous abortion policies. As a mother of three children, I'm appalled at New York's law for abortion, and it needs to end and it needs to stop now. You're bringing God's judgment on our country, and I'm against it, as well as my friends. So you need to stop being a baby and stop locking your door and come out and face the American citizens that you serve. If you want to be a big girl, you need to get rid of your diaper and come out and be able to talk to the American citizens instead of us having to use a flap, a little flap. She's like her. She's kind of like She's like, she keeps flapping her gums. This oh, is like flappy, flappy. Okay, well, uh, each this, one. This, is, this, is, this is like child games. This is, this is Should we draw a wall? Should we draw a wall? Yeah, let's yeah. Draw a wall. Where's it? Is there another pen? We really want to draw a wall. So let's draw what a wall looks like, everybody. This is a wall. This woman is a thug. Representative Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is a common thug. And I think we need to start referring to her exactly as what she is. That kind of behavior is not only uncalled for for a congresswoman, it's dangerous and it leads others to do things they shouldn't. Marjorie Taylor Green is a thug. And I think it is time 
It is time for Nancy Pelosi, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, not to censor her, but to vote her to hell out of Congress because she is a clear and present danger to everyone of those people in that house. Every one of those people in that house, she presents a clear and present danger. All right, folks. All right, folks. I don't know why. We, we need to. We have OG. MTG could be Greg the Hammer Valentine's twin. Thank you so kindly for that super chat, my dear brother OG. Thank you so kindly for that super chat. Uh, he, he, he joined us in, in supporting the program. I, I, I really do appreciate that. Anyhow, folks, it was, it's hard to believe that we have, that this is what our Congress has turned into. You know, being from Central America and all these things, whenever we think about the United States Congress, whenever we think about the United States Senate, the United States government, we are looking at this great thing that we don't expect this kind of behavior from the people who purport to be the leaders of the world. We are the leaders of the world. And this is what we have to listen to. What has this country devolved to? That is what we got to fix. Anyhow, Dolores Piper, Dolores Piper, that is outrageous behavior by Green, so childish, revengeful. She is the child, absolutely so. Julie Van Asdel says, Tank 28, I love you. Uh, let's see who else we got in here uh, that I haven't called out or welcomed. Uh, let's see. Uh, we do have audio. We, we do have audio. Uh, Lord Rothschild, I am daddy. <laughs> All right, Rothschild. Okay, OG, condescending ill. Well, you know what he wants to say for real. OG, again, OG, thank you for that super chat. Uh, let's see, Daddy1776. Okay, if you want to be Daddy1776, she comes off as a punk bully, according to Lord Rothschild. All right, let's see. Let's go ahead and continue. I have another video from yesterday. Uh, you know, Chuck Todd it get, gets us sometimes mad, sometimes not. Sometimes he does his job, sometimes he does not. Well, yesterday, I think he did his job. I want you guys to listen to this. Robert Reed, welcome aboard. Can we please do a segment on how anti-CRT, uh, critical, race, uh, critical race teaching, is being used to rewrite American history? Robert, okay, I'm going to hold off on Chuck Todd. Robert, first of all, tell me, welcome aboard Wendy Green. One of, uh, one of the United States problems is that it thinks it's so amazing as a country. Not. Robert Reed, critical race theory. Tell me what is, you said, can you please do a segment on how anti-CRT is being used to rewrite American history? You are so right. Look, there's nothing, let, let me first of all, I didn't realize that I was, I was talking about CRT for a long time. Till somebody says, Egberto, why are they concentrating on CRT, critical race theory? And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? You know, there's something called critical race theory, but I mean... It's not like it's going on to be taught in school as a new subject or whatever. It is something that all of us need to learn and all of us need to know. And it's, we don't even need to call it a critical race theory. You just have to say, uh, walk up to a black person, walk up to an Asian Pacific uh, person, walk up to a, a Jewish person, walk up to any one of these guys and say, talk to me. Tell me about the story of the United States of America. 
And there you will learn critical race theory. There are two histories in America. There's a history we learn in school, and then there's a history in in Lynn's what's his name? Finn's Finn, what is his name? Uh, the original story of America. Let me look that up because I want you guys uh, the story of America. Uh, what is his name? Win. Help me here, uh, guys. There is a there is a the true story, the true American history. There is a book uh, that was written by Finn Win. I can't remember his name right now. That really details America from its inception. Look, we didn't have a good beginning. Zin, that's the name of the, that's the guy. Zin. I will urge everybody to look into the book called "The People's History." Of the United States, uh, the People's History of the United States, Howard Zinn. Yes, I would suggest that you read that book. It, you know, some people, oh, you're disparaging the United States. We're not disparaging the United States. All countries, all people have the good, the bad, and the ugly. It so happened that we had a very bad beginning. You know, we glorify our beginning. But that really was not our beginning. Six, the 1619 Project, the reason they want to silence the 1619 Project, it puts a mirror up onto us. It puts a mirror onto us talking about who we are. Look, we are exceptional. Okay, We tell other people not to do bad things. Yet we have a problem telling Israel that knocking down, blowing up buildings, limbs, and everything else, killing people indiscriminately uh, is good recompense for a few terrorists, in quotes, sending rockets into Israel after Israel firebombs a mosque during the most holy times of 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 the Muslim religion. I want you guys to understand what's going on here. It's not black and white. You have to understand really what's going on here. These rockets didn't start flying out of the blue. They were provoked. Netanyahu knew exactly what he was doing. Read, uh, what's his name, piece in the New York, I think it's in the New York, in the Washington Post. Um, Netanyahu knew what he was doing. He was going to start a conflict in order for him to keep the will of the very right wing so he can form a government. Israel has not been able to form a real government in years. And what he wants to do is form a new government. But anyhow, uh, we are supposedly advanced today, yet we cannot, it cannot come out of our mouth to say that what Israel is doing right now is tantamount to genocide. You know, are there any pro-Israel? Pro- I am pro-Israel. I am pro-Palestine. I love all people. I don't love the governments because right now what Netanyahu is doing is crazy. I am not bashing. That, that, that is a red herring. You see, what, you see what they're doing there? It's a red herring. Don't allow telling the truth to somehow affect the, uh, the, the, the lie that they're going to tell out there. Look, what's going on in Palestine right now is genocide. It is genocide what's going on in Palestine right now. 
And it's not by the Israeli people. It's by Netanyahu's command. It's by Netanyahu's command. Netanyahu is the person who is the murderer. Okay? So, moving forward. Uh, Additionally, uh, are the people in Palestine sending in rockets indiscriminately to kill whoever it kills? Correct? No, they're not. They're absolutely wrong for doing that. But you know what Martin Luther King says? Riots are, and I forget what else he said, but in effect it is the people that are unheard. That is how they voice themselves, the unheard. That's what we get from riots. And I don't remember the phrase that he uses. But anyhow, it's important. It is very, very, very important that we understand what's going on out there. Okay, so as far as race theory is concerned, uh, critical race theory, what the right wing is trying to do is several things. And, and, and I tell you what, who had a great article out today was um, Tom Hartman. Uh, Tom Hartman in his article said today that the Republicans are trying to keep their pew dumb. And he's absolutely correct about that. Because the re- from the time Reagan stopped teaching civics, made sure that civics was not taught in school. From the time Reagan made sure that, that civics was not taught in school, what he did is he made us a dumb people. And in the process of doing that, of not knowing our history, they can come and create things like stop teaching critical race theory or stop teaching about what the, role, the real role race played in America. And in doing so, what he did is allow the, what we're seeing today He's allowing the whole, the, all the phobias that we're seeing today. I actually blogged his article. I can't find it right now, but I want to get into the article because I think I want to put the link to the article in the feed because I think you guys are going to really like what Tom Hartman had to say in his... Uh, and and you, you may want to also subscribe to Tom Hartman's newsletter. It's a wonderful, it's a gr- it's a wonderful newsletter. He writes it every day. You get a... A little something from Tom Hartman every day in the uh, let's see let's see if I can find that article by Tom Hartman, John Young Tom Hartman. Did I print it out? Yes, but I think I must have put it on. It's not the Hartman report. It should be there. It should be there. Okay, uh, I got it right here. What I'm going to do for you guys is put the link for the Tom Hartman show or the Tom Hartman vlog inside of the um, feed. Check that out when you get a chance. Because he says, GOP is raising the next racist generation of right-wing crackpots. And I'm going to read a piece of what he had to say. This is what Tom said. Imagine if, I, if, if hardcore crazies like Marjorie Taylor Greene ran most of the school boards all across America. They could raise up an entire new generation of civics, clueless, right-wing racist kids and probably keep much if, of it well below the nation's radar screen. That's the GOP's current plan, and they're gaining real traction in getting there. They found their new 2021 bigoted wedge issue, crushing teachers in schools that want to teach the horrors of genocide and racism, and it's cranking up their base just like gay marriage or radical Islam did a decade or two ago. As a result, Americans who care about democracy and a genuinely egalitarian society that includes the diversity of reflected... Uh, by America's citizenry need to get active now. 
Back in 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court in Brown versus Board of uh, Board ordered the end of racial segregation in America's public schools. The short-term result was a massive resistance and explosion of public school districts actually shutting down and the opening of hundreds of whites-only Christian schools and academies across the country. When the IRS and then Supreme Court ruled that some of these schools and Bob Jones University that were explicitly whites-only could no longer be tax-exempt, the so-called Christian right was birthed. Think about that. Think about that. So it is important. It is important for us to understand what the, what the GOP is doing. It's not, look, the, the top line of the GOP isn't that they are racist. It's that they know you can use race as a wedge issue. Now, if you come to my show, you know what I preach. Race is a social construct. There's no better or lesser race. There's no race. We're humans. We have humans with big noses, dark skin, light skin, blue eyes, brown eyes, black hair, thick hair, blonde hair, red hair. All these kinds of things make us up. We decide to create that limiting or that partition on in America mostly on a color code. Okay? Exactly E2247. There's no race genes. That's why I could give, there's a possibility, a bridge MCP needed a heart. She could get my heart and couldn't get her own sister's heart. That's how crazy racism is. It makes no sense. But they can use it because it's something visual that we can see. Right? And what, what the Republicans are trying to do is weaponize race. And the only way you can wep uh, weaponize race is to continue to try to teach some sort of Western supremacy, thus that when others are coming to have a, uh, a part of the pie, it seems they, they are made to make you feel that you are taking away their birthright. These are the things that we have to get away from. These are the things that they're doing. And the only way you can do that is if you keep your population dumb. And how do you keep them dumb? By believing the 1619 Project that tries to teach you about how America was actually formed, how slavery played the most important part in the success of America. In other words, we were successfully built on the backs of different people, specifically in slavery, black people, specifically to unite the East and the West, the Chinese, specifically to, to learn agriculture and take the land, the natives. That is what the conquerors were very good at doing, using each sect to build upon, yet give them nothing as opposed to sharing the spoils. I mean, there, there was enough land here for everybody. And now... In order for us, and, and by the way, they didn't do that for most Americans. They didn't do that for most white people. They didn't do that for, they didn't do it for any native, any uh, Latino, any uh, Chinese, any Asian, any black, or they didn't do it for most whites. It was simply a power grab by the few. Hence my statement, whenever we can unite the barrios, the ghettos and Appalachias. Perfect stereotype. When we can put all of these folks together, 
we can show the scam that is what you see out there. And that is what we have to remember. Okay, now we have another video to show you with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd, uh, I want just listen to it and then we'll take it on the other side. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C. And I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I was not happy with some of Chuck Todd's earlier interviews today, but I tell you what, this one with Dan Crenshaw, I think he deserves some kudos for it. Uh, He hit him up fairly hard, not as hard as he could, but he hit him up fairly hard. Take a listen to this and then let's take it on the other side. And I'm going to begin with Congressman Crenshaw. Let me just start with um, whether you agree with the following analysis, which is Liz Cheney was kicked out of leadership simply because she wouldn't carry the water of former President Trump's election lies. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, No, fundamentally, I don't. You can't forget that we already had this vote for Liz Cheney. We had this vote, and that vote was directly because of her vote for impeachment. And she won overwhelmingly. The Republican conference said, look, we disagree, and Liz did not apologize. And she said she would not apologize. And she still won that vote overwhelmingly to be a leader in our conference. What happened after that, and I think the reason that a lot of our colleagues got more frustrated with her is because... Effectively, she kept demanding that everybody else start apologizing. And I think what Kevin McCarthy was trying to say there was, look, there is disagreement and it's time to move on. But why should anybody believe a word you say if the Republican Party itself doesn't have credibility? I want to use, I want you to take a look at what Liz Cheney said to CNN on Friday. For Republicans to be in a position where we can stop those policies, we've got to be able to tell people you can trust us. You can trust us to be based around conservative principles. Uh, and to reject the lie and to protect the Constitution. For her and for many Americans, up, you know, sitting here and saying, oh, there's disagreement about the election. I, look, there's not disagreement about the facts. This is, you know, so you, do any of your critiques come across as credible if you can't accept the fundamental fact that our democracy uh, held a free and fair election? Yeah, but if I can speak for myself, of course, and, and you know where I've been on this issue, I assume, right? Well, I do. In fact, you no, in, in I, I, December, I, well, hang I, on, I, can, I know I can how stand you voted. By everything I've ever said. I understand that, but in December, you signed on to that uh, lawsuit that the Texas Attorney General filed to question the elections of other states, which seemed to be a pretty anti-federalist yeah, yeah, thing and to and do. You guys, Why you guys did you sign on to that? Painted that as, and you guys in the press. You, look, you guys in the press painted that as some extreme action, and of course it wasn't. That amicus brief was a simple question of the Supreme Court and saying, can you please speak to this question of whether 
of whether process changes in the election last minute, not approved by the legislature, can be deemed constitutional. It was a question. Now, they didn't want to answer that question. And I said it's and then I said it's unconstitutional for us to overturn the election in Congress. So I did not vote. You don't feel I like you fed, but, but you don't look, to serve. But this is the this is the issue that many people have is that you're sitting here trying to trying to say, no, 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 no. I just had a specific question yet. What you did gets weaponized by the former president. Did you see the rantings of him yesterday? And to the point where a Republican official in Maricopa County called the former president unhinged. You know, I understand you guys want to put this behind Chuck, you, but Chuck, he is the leader look, of your party and he doesn't stop talking about this nonsense. Chuck, the only, look, he, he, he's one of many leaders in the party. He's a former president. We're five months into President Biden's presidency. And there is a time to move on. And look, the, 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 you guys in the press love doing this, and, and, I, and I get it, right? <laughs> the, the, the press is largely liberal, they're largely no, pro-democrat. No, 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 don't start that. That, that, of, that is the lazy, look, there's nothing lazier, there's nothing lazier than that. There's a lot of reasons to keep this alive. I understand what you're trying to appease. there's people in my party that take the bait. I'm not going to take the bait here. I'm not trying I'm not to bait you, I'm trying to figure out. What are you looking for? Why do you why do you... Why do we sit here and have a political party that is basically rallying around this bizarre lie and mythology that the former president is doing? And you guys just want to say, hey, pay no attention to this. That somehow we in the press are bringing that up. It's well, the already, former president. Already, already what I'm trying to help you understand is that these are not the phone calls I get about this, about who's, who's the leader of the party, what's happening with Trump. So, are you very, so you care must about, be upset Trump? with the former president that he can't let the party, uh, let the party go. I mean, I, I don't understand. You keep putting this in the press. Is, is, Isn't it not the I'll former what, president? If, 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 if former President Trump, if former President Trump asked me, I would say, former, "Mr. President, please keep talking about the border. Please keep talking about these issues." That, and you believe he's a legitimate leader of the Republican Party? Do, do I believe? Well, hold on. I, I, I believe that you're not going to excommunicate a, a former president, right? I believe that you're not going to excommunicate a, a, a former president. You're absolutely right. If, if, if the former president was somebody doing positive for your party, but he is not. What Chuck Todd did there, however, I mean, in several parts of the interviews, the parts that I cut out, it, there, there were sections that, that uh, Dan Crenshaw tried to get the Republican talking points to neutralize this, uh, this, this uh, riot that's occurring inside of the Republican Party. So those were, those were platitudes that I wasn't going to allow into the narrative that I'm trying to get across here. That is... Uh, Chuck Todd continued to press him on the issues of uh, the president, on the big lie, and on what's occurring in the Republican Party and what it means to the rest of the country. And I think he did a fairly good job by not allowing the congressman to just throw it under the, the rug. September, I mean, rather, January 6th was real. January 6th was an insurrection. January 6th, the Rep uh, factions of the Republican Party attempted to overthrow the United States government. They did not succeed. They're trying to sweep it under the rug. Liz Cheney, and as much as most of uh, progressives understand uh, who she really is, she at least was not going to stand for that. Most of the Republican politicians in Washington right now, they made the, the, the choice to stand for that, and that is what they're being called out right now. And this one, Chuck Todd did a fairly good job. Absolutely so, absolutely so. Let's see. Uh, uh, I don't think he was all that. Crenshaw says he makes sense. Um, how does he make sense? This is a guy who signed the bill that said Texas had, remember, Republicans supposedly believe in states' rights. 
Oh, I need to ask for support of the show. Let me finish this thought and then I'll go there, please. Thank you so kindly for reminding me. Uh, think about this. Think about this. Republicans always talk about states' rights. Yet, what they did is they decided that they were going to go into other people's state and challenge them, challenge those who approved the vote, those who certified the vote for Biden. So it's amazing. And he supported that. That was hypocritical. He knew what he was doing, but he did it anyway. Anyhow, folks, if you are just uh, getting to us or whatever, if you are on YouTube, please consider supporting us. Please go ahead and click on that Join button. Become a member of our PDR Posse. Our PDR Posse, that, uh, it's the way one, one method of supporting our show. If you are not on YouTube, if you are on Facebook or some other network, Please go ahead and go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. That is politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube to support the show. Uh, look, we, we do a lot of work to make sure we get the progressive message out there. But we do need your support just like Bridge MCP and Norman and Bruce and AVQ and all the uh, – and, and uh, brother uh, – let's see. Who else is here that supports us that I can see? Uh, Lee Grant, all, all you folks, I want to just say, look, uh, please join the fold. Just click that join button and help us get the message out. Or alternatively, you can go ahead and support us via Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon is spelled, uh, Nanette Birdsmith is a very big supporter as well. Uh, thank you very much, Nanette. Uh, I, you know, I forget people, I'm getting old, what can I say? Uh, you can support us at Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. You can also support us at PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Look, if you join the P well, whether you join the PDR Posse or not, we also have mugs designed by the leader of our PDR Posse, Bridge MCP. And those are the, whoops, wrong thing on the screen. Let's go ahead. I think this is the one here on the screen. No, that's not the one either. This is the one on the screen. There we go. These are the people who have also supported uh, us by getting the cup designed by Bridge MCP. So please consider getting that cup. Let me show you how you can. There are several ways you can get that cup. You can go directly at, uh, let's see. That link that I just placed in there, at our, or you can go directly to our store to get all our T-shirts and books and all of that. But you know what we did? Because some of you like the, the convenience of uh, some of you like the convenience of um, Amazon. We went ahead and created a link where at Amazon where you can see all our books in one place. So if you go to politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books, you can find all of our books. And which, are, which books are we talking about? The books that you now see on the screen. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. And look, it has good reviews. People like it. Some people have written me and told me it has helped them. My latest book, which is out now, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the economy from those who rigged it. I wrote that book. I just got through with it. And Bruce, Bruce Pollard edited it for us. So we thank Bruce Pollard. As I see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. That was my first book. And it, you can get the tr three of them because one feeds off the other. As I see it is the first one, teaches you a lot about the economy and how things work, the different presidents, etc. 
uh, how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors is a must because if you're going to tell the story, you have to be able to talk to everybody. You have to make yourself approachable to everybody and not have people just run from you. So that's what that one is for. And the third one is the one that I just got through is how to make America utopia. You know, that is the ultimate goal, to make America the utopia that we want. And that one is an ongoing project. In fact, we have a... a welcome aboard, Robert Lewis. Robert is... Roberto Lewis grew up with me. He's one of our greatest supporters. He has every book, every cup, every T-shirt. Thank you, my brother. You know I love you to kingdom come. Always there for me. We grew up together. We played music together. We did everything together. Anyway, and in fact, he just had a big party for all the mothers at his house, and that's where we went for Mother's Day. Thank you so kindly, Roberto Luis, mi hermano favorito. Okay, so look, folks, so uh, please go ahead and con consider supporting us. All right, we still have some more videos to show you. Uh, specifically, um, you know, you always have the small business person saying, uh, we can't afford to pay minimum wage. We can't. We can't do it. It'll throw us out of business. You know, it's not right. But guys, well, let me just play the video and then we'll take it on the other side because I think it's very, I think this is very important. A lot of those objecting to an increased minimum wage are small business people, you know, and sometimes you wonder why, you know, they're like, oh, it's going to put us out of business, etc., etc., etc. Well, you know, uh, Tiffany Cross had a guest on the Cross Connection that said it best. I want you to listen to her and then let's take it on the other side because this is prescient. There are still 8 million fewer jobs than when the pandemic started. Uh, Dorothy, I'm going to kick this to you. There are almost uh, about 268,000 workers who stand to lose their benefits outright. And these include a lot of people in the gig economy like Uber drivers and other folks who are self-employed. Is this an argument uh, for the government to get in the business of enforcing a livable wage? And if so, what does that look like? Oh, absolutely. And there was a letter sent to the Department of Labor asking the federal government to step in now that the Republican governors are pulling out. So there may be movement. There may be a fix in the works. But you have to think about it. If the only way a small business owner can make a profit is by exploiting labor, then I'm sorry, you shouldn't be in business. Because that's an excuse for why there was enslavement, okay? I can turn a profit if I don't have to pay my workers anything because I don't treat them as people. So there has to be a move towards a livable wage. Our minimum wage is an abomination. That has to change. And you always get the pushback from small business owners. Oh, I can't make a profit. Uh, maybe you need to get in a different line of work. If your only ticket to making a profit is exploiting people, that cannot be the right answer. If your only ticket for your profitability is to exploit others, to pay others, sometimes full-time, a wage that doesn't allow them to have health care, a wage that doesn't allow them to pay their own rent with that one salary, then... Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. 
touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelts save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. And you probably don't have a business within a functioning society. And, you know, many times these are the same business people that object to things like health care for uh, Medicare for all. These are the same businesses that object to giving child care. When if, if we supported policies that made us a livable society, that business person could pay wages consumerate with what society needs. But anyhow, uh, look... I have a, a, I'm an activist. Active, you can't get rich doing activism. I write books, all that sort of thing. I work 16 hours a day. You know, there are a lot, I, I could get somebody to, you know, in turn come and do this X, Y, Z. My ethics, my morals don't allow me to do that because I know I am not going to be able to pay them what they're worth. My listeners sometimes will say, hey, Berto, we'll help you. And I say, the only reason I'll accept that help if I know that is for the cause, for the cause that we're activating for and not that for, for a salary or something because I know we couldn't pay those folks who are well-deserving. That baker, that candlestick maker that's making minimum wage or just a little bit above. It's not fair. And what she said is absolutely right. If your profitability depends on exploiting somebody else, you don't have a business. Or maybe you're not working hard enough at your business to ensure that you're profitable. And, you know, I think that is important, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I think I've been saying that for a while. I, I usually tell people if, if, if all after several years uh, you have to be exploiting others, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. That's what I used to say, right? But she said it so cleanly. And it's the truth, you know. You cannot build, you know, when these, a, a lot of small businesses, when they abuse their employees by paying them as little as possible while they live in their big home and drive their nice cars and etc., it is, it, it is tantamount to indentured servitude again. Because you are saying, in order for me to have a good life, I have to make sure that you don't. Because I'm going to take your labor. But I'm not going to give you all of your labor. I'm going to take a whole lot of it so that I can live well off of your labor. That's not right. That's not right at all. We have one more video, I believe. Um, and then it, it, it's about uh, the governor of Maryland. And then I think we'll, we'll be ready to close down pretty soon. Check this out. We have a few Republicans speaking up. I think we need a lot more speaking up before it gets a critical mass where... Sensible Republicans, which I still hold hope that quite a few of the masses out there of Republicans uh, are still in the mode that they can accept truth. Uh, recently, I had uh, Bill Crystal on. You can check him out on that link up there uh, where I interviewed him on this, this same issue. But today, watching uh, CNN, it was great to see a governor, a Republican governor, respond this way. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. So House Republicans ousted Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Liz Cheney from party leadership this week over her criticism of former President Trump and the big lie. You have praised Congresswoman Cheney and then you've spoken out against Donald Trump as well. Does her removal send a signal that people... 
her, and by extension, people like you, Governor, are not welcome in today's Republican Party? Well, it certainly appears to send that signal. It's kind of doubling down on failure. We, we've lost the White House, the House, and the Senate over the past four years. And to continue to, uh, you know, do the exact same thing and expect a, a different result is the definition of insanity. Do you agree with Congresswoman Cheney that former President Trump poses, in her words, an ongoing threat to American democracy? I, I think he's toxic for the Republican Party and for the country. And I think, uh, you know, we've got, we've got to find a way to, uh, to get the Republican Party back to the party of Lincoln and Reagan, uh, get back to the more traditional big tent party that can appeal to a majority of people. Otherwise, we simply aren't going to have control. Uh, we're not going to get the White House back, and we won't have control of the House and the Senate. Now, look, let's be clear. I don't agree with the governor that the, that the Republican Party has ever in our time been a Big Ten party. I don't even agree with him that uh, Reagan was all that good. But, of course, Reagan supported unions to some extent and some, some other issues. What is important here is those three clips that I got out of there, I think presents a narrative to a few Republicans that could probably bring them from the brink. Repeat, uh, losing the entire uh, uh, federal government, meaning the Congress, House, Senate, and the presidency. Likewise, doing the same thing over and over again is insanity. Also, that the man is toxic towards the party. Uh, I, I think there are, there's much there that will appeal to a few or enough Republicans that if Democrats do their jobs and those select Republicans do theirs, yes, we'll remain a completely Democratic government, but at least we'll have some sensible input from the right that can help mitigate nah, somewhat the policies that gets, or, uh, that gets placed into our government. E2247, yeah, Ike is the guy who built the, the interstate freeway. And even Nixon, Nixon was a big spending guy. Nixon wanted Medicare for all. Nixon wanted all those things. Because, you know, I mean, he, you know, Nixon was a guy of contradictions, you know. Uh, he wanted a lot of things that not even Democrats, centrist Democrats want today. So, you know, there, there's a whole lot to, that, that we have to go around there. But anyhow, before we close, I want to make a little soliloquy here. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard, brother. I don't think I saluted you. E2247, I don't know if I saluted you. Have to leave. See you all, Tom. Dog going nuts together. Yeah, we're a bit late today, so um, uh, thank you for being here, British MCP. What I want to tell you guys before I leave is as follows. Real quick, real quick. The theory is that because we are in a midterm, and also that we have, meaning the Democrats have the entire control of Washington, that it's almost a foregone conclusion that we will lose the House and possibly the Senate. It is important going forward in these times where we have two sides, as, as Bill Crystal said, and you know Bill Crystal is our, our conservative guy, very conservative guy. He said, we have to make this a binary election, a binary election between good and evil. A binary election between democracy and fascism. A binary election between what's best for America and what will destroy America. We have to make the election of 2022 binary. A choice between those living in, a, in a, an imaginary sphere 
and those who are living reality and solving the problems of people. What am I trying to say here? We should not have anybody having any notions that Democrats in this cycle, in the 22th cycle, is going to lose the House or the Senate. We should be going from the position of growing the Senate and growing the House and growing the Senate in two ways. Way number one, electing more Democrats to the Senate. We have it's on our side for this cycle in 22. And also add two D.C. Senators. It is imperative that going forward, we stop the thought, we stop the belief that somehow, somehow, there is a possibility that others could somehow cause Democrats to lose either the Senate or the House in 2022. So therefore, I spoke to a leader in our party here in, in Harris County yesterday. And we were on the phone and I said to him, I said, look, I would, like, I would love for you to go to the party and tell the party to immediately stop talking about uh, off your election and losing 2022. We got the reason we got 81 million people to come out, way above what Hillary got. And we had to do that because Trump brought, Trump maxed out the crazies. Trump maxed out the crazies and those who really thought it is okay to vote for, not all, it's, all Trump's voters aren't crazies. But, he, but some of them think we got to vote for Trump because we can't do the liberal thing. We can't do the liberal thing. So we vote for Trump and hope for the best. Well, Trump showed them that he was willing to overthrow the United States of America. He showed them that. Therefore, it is imperative that going forward, I told, told this, this agent in our, in, our, in our party here, we should not talk about losing the House. We should not talk about losing the Senate. The only thing that we should be talking about is reaching all those people that we didn't reach. The Republicans are maxed out. They are maxed out with the crazies, those people who won't vote liberal, etc. They are maxed out. We need to max in because we have an implied bias against us in red states. The way the boundaries are drawn, this is not a democracy. We have to have a super democratic win to win. So what we want in 2022 is only to talk about increasing the Senate and increasing the House. Nothing else. We're not talking about losing the House. We're not talking about losing the Senate. And we're talking about picking up legislators in the states as well. And by the way, something that Tom Hartman was talking about in his article that I just wrote, it is also imperative that we go ahead and start looking at board elections on school boards and all these local things where they're attempting to indoctrinate our kids. So that's how I'm going to end the show. Egberto Willis, did you see Brian Tyler Coyne's interview with Jamie Harrison? I did not see it. He's going to be a great leader of the DNC. No, I didn't. I know Jamie Harrison is very good. I'm, I actually, I haven't, look in our um, YouTube channel, search for Jamie Harrison. I interviewed Jamie Harrison 
at the Democratic convention, uh, at, at a debate. At one of the debates, I interviewed Jamie Harrison. And I told Jamie Harrison he was going to win the Senate. He didn't, but he at least became the leader of the party. So check it out. Please go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Egberto Willis. I interviewed Jamie Harrison uh, out there at the, um, at the convention. So check it out and, 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 and check that out. Anyhow. You've got to get out of here. Folks, please remember to support us. Click that join button to become a member. Or if you don't see the join button, go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube, politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Also, please consider becoming a Patreon. We need a lot of patrons as well. politicsunright.com slash Patreon, politicsunright.com slash Patreon. You can support us as well at PayPal, politicsunright.com slash PayPal politicsandright.com slash PayPal. The reason I repeat all of this is because we're also on podcasts. And likewise, if you want to go and get our T-shirts and all that good stuff, politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. And of course, all our books can be found at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. Thank you so kindly for having been a part of Politics and Right. We got to get out of here. You know how I close this baby. This is Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis. And we are what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it. Because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from GEICO because they help save people money? GEICO? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.